Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad you're back with us today. The last time we talked about Hit and Run Phase 1, Prince's 2015 release, studio release. Right. On, yes. on title originally, and then uh, now you can hear it nearly everywhere. Yeah. And so this time we decided we wanted to talk about related artists, people who Prince worked with who had an album come out in 2015 as well. They weren't necessarily a part of, or really at all, a part of Hit and Run Phase 1, but they came out around the same time. Yeah, there's a connection here and there, but um, they're they're separate projects that we're going to listen to today, talk about today. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about Judith Hill's promotional video that she made for her album Back in Time that she filmed at Paisley Park. Right. Then we're going to talk about her album Back in Time. Right. We're going to talk about her video that she made from that album for the song Cry, Cry, Cry. I concur. And then... (laughs) We're not arguing yet. What else are we doing? And then we're going to uh, listen to Andy Allo's acoustic album, We Can Love, which was only available for 12 hours. But if you're willing to look a little, our Facebook page and our Twitter page, you can find a link to listen to that whole acoustic album. Yes, criminally out of print, and I would guess that Andy Allo would probably agree. I I would bet you're not incorrect about that. Last time was the first time that we included in a discussion about an album clips from that album. Yes, from the music. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue to do that. We should. It's awesome. Yeah, I think think it's good. If you liked that, please do let us know. If you didn't like it, you can let us know that too, but I'm probably not going to take it very well. Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. (laughs) So we hope you liked it. We liked it. And so we're glad you're back with us today and listening to this one and we're going to continue to do that especially since some of these songs may be uh, quite a bit less familiar to our fans definitely casual prince fans may not have even realized that these albums came out and or can still be found or listened to or even had anything to do with prince yeah uh, his involvement is definitely um purposefully either completely hidden unless you recognize his acoustic guitar playing which a lot of people can do on the andy allo album and back in time, you can hear him Yes, on many of these songs as a vocalist, but then throughout the entire album as a, a guitar and bass player right. also. Yeah. Yeah. So this is unique. This is the first episode we've really devoted to a couple albums that aren't Prince headliners. Right. Um, you know, his involvement, they wouldn't have happened without his involvement, no, certainly. No, absolutely not. Um, but these are definitely, um, you know, in orbit around uh, the, his primary album right. for this time period. Well, and especially listening to hit and run phase one Mm -hmm. and then Judith Hill's back in time Uh you can absolutely hear the similarities in a lot of the music and the kinds of things that he was interested in doing and he brought that to to this work really to really good effect yeah if there if there's a connection between either of these albums and hit and run phase one it's Judith Hill's back in time not only does she appear on hit and run phase one but also Joshua Welton and Prince, who are primarily behind Hit and Run Phase 1, 
are princes all over this album, and Joshua Welton, you can hear his influence on a couple tracks in particular that we'll point out. Yeah, excellent. All right, but before we get to that, we're going to start with the the behind-the-scenes video, which was super fun. We'll put a link to that on our social media. If you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us at the Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast, or with the shortcut at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. It's the same on Twitter, TMATS podcast, or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, so this was kind of an in-house video shot at around, outside, and inside yeah. Paisley Park. Uh, Which is like, always fun. It's I very love... fun, especially if you've been there. Like We've been able to make a trip there and yeah. see all these places that we recognize having yeah. been through the place. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's really fun. It's fun to, to look at it and realize that was like his studio and where he did a lot of his creation and he had you know lots of famous people there, which is exciting, but it was also his home. Yeah. And that, it just... Um, yeah, gives he, me the warm fuzzies. He opened it up to people like Judith Hill, who yeah. uh, he overheard her say in an interview, someone asked her, is there an artist that you'd like to work with after she had worked with Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder and many others, mm-hmm. John Legend and G- Josh Groban, and she mentioned Prince, and that's how he heard of her. Yeah. Uh, and invited her to come to Paisley Park. And in the period of about three weeks, they recorded this album from start to finish. Yeah. It was uh, a Rolling Stone article right after an interview that they did with her right after she was voted off of The Voice in 2013. I found that article, and I'll post that to social media as well. Okay, It was a very interesting article, and I'm reading it thinking, oh, wow, that's cool. That's where that was. I found the article. Right. Yeah. This is one of the youngest artists I can think of that Prince kind of recruited or asked, invited to come into, you know, his studio and record an album with that he wasn't the primary one to discover or find or help bring them to fame. Right. You know, Judith Judith had had a lot of success and a lot of fame prior to this with, like you mentioned, The Voice and on 20 Feet from Stardom, yes. uh, the film. He worked with plenty of very accomplished artists who were his idols like Larry Graham and Shaka Khan who were very well established and it was just his dream to work with them. Right. This is sort of someone who had seen some initial success, had been in the spotlight and he wanted to work with her. Right. Yeah. Uh, for good for good reason I yeah, think too. I, I agree. So, so this was like a seven minute short film, something like seven that. Seven or eight minutes, yeah. Yeah. It was um, fun. Very, very fun. Starts with her being locked out of Paisley Park. <laughs> By Prince. Uh-huh. She gets uh, on the phone. He locked me out. Yes. I think it's on like a speaker for intercom with uh, Joshua Welton, oh. I believe, is who's speaking to her there asking, who locked you out? And, you know, it's Prince locked Prince me out, out and it's a thousand degrees below zero and there's snow everywhere. Uh-huh. And so yeah. She's not well, exactly dressed warmly. Not prepared to be outside no. in Chinhassen. No. No. Clearly not. Um, I was really impressed with how this thing... Especially come on, coming off of watching in-house films like Raven to the Year 2000, which we thought was kind of amateurly edited, difficult to watch in some places. Granted, it was 15 years earlier. Technology improved a lot for right. in-house shooting. But this film, I thought, was really well shot, very pretty to look at, and uh, really well put together. Yeah, it was informative, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, totally. not but not boring. Not boring at all. I kind of yeah. introduced Judith Hill. If you didn't hear about her, she's, if you didn't know about her, she speaks about her upbring, upbringing and this great yeah. ethnic diversity that yeah, kind of makes her Yeah, her parents are musicians, yeah. and very, she very grew cool. up in a house full of music, was really encouraged. And the cover of her album is her on this tiny little piano, which uh-huh. 
looks very much like a tiny little piano that I think I had in my house when I was a little kid. Yes. You know, I think most people did. It looked like a real piano, but, you know, it sounded kind of awful. But It was to scale, uh-huh, yeah. I think you could say, for the little person yes. playing it. Yes, it right. was very cute. Yeah. And then there's a lot of footage in Paisley Park of kind of live, I would call it live, lip syncing to the album, which mm-hmm. kind of has a very live feel to it anyway. Really right. well done. Yes. But it looks like Judith Hill and this band playing songs from the album, clips from the album. We hear a lot of them, but Prince doesn't appear in no. any of it, which is another no. hint to me that says this is, well, it's obviously straight from the album, so it's not a live performance of it. But again, it's well done. Right. And I see why Prince liked her. She's young, she's pretty, she has an amazing voice, she plays an instrument. Uh, Two, I think. She plays piano and guitar. I've seen other reviews of concerts that she's done on Twitter um, with people mentioning seeing her play many instruments in in concerts. That's really cool because I know that was something back a while ago. Prince always encouraged his protégés to also play an album and read music that he thought that that was important to them being an artist. I remember seeing uh, something, this was a long time ago, maybe the late 90s, and Prince had worked with Beyonce. No, this was the Grammy performance in 2004. You know exactly what I'm talking about then. She said in an interview that he had told her she Mm -hmm. should learn how to play an instrument. And she was sort of kind of dabbling with that. I don't know if that's something she really followed through with, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's a shame things didn't work out for her. You know, Beyonce, nobody knows. She's tumbled into poverty. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, she was obviously a talented performer and singer. And it was during the rehearsals for, his appearance on the Grammys when they opened it in 2004 okay. that he kind of gave that advice to her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember but still, it was that. 10 years earlier than, you know, this encounter right. with Judith. Hill. Yeah. So I just thought, oh, that was kind of an interesting segue there as he pulled somebody mm-hmm. who already had those skills. Yes. In, not in, only in someone who under had, his wing. Right. Mm-hmm. Did not, not only had the skills to play, but also had a body of work written already. That I mean, she had an album ready to record when she came there. Right. You know, she talked about Prince helping her with arrangements and obviously the performance of them. But this is truly her album, her message um, throughout the entire thing, which I think, you know, in the 80s and 90s, Prince protégés kind of run amok. They were truly Prince's work, and the protégés were more of... A front man for yes. you know giving Prince the ability to release different types of music that he would never be able to do in one album release a year schedule that he was on. Um, or here it's more laid back. He's kind of takes a, a very uh, sideman kind of role. Yeah, um, his influence is there, but I don't think that uh, there's any doubt that this is Judith Judith's album and her message. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only appearance Prince makes in the entire thing is at <laughs> so the very, endearing. very end, which is awesome. Yeah. Where uh, Judith, who clearly could kick his rear end if she wanted to, <laughs> kind of pushes him out the door, out of these locking doors at Paisley Park, and he's outside in the in uh-huh. the cold uh-huh. and screaming through the window, open uh-huh. the door, and she's like, yes! <laughs> and he takes off running around the other side. Yeah, it was very endearing, it was you like know. A, a it's just a ten-second thing that Yeah, was really, really fun. It was, it was fun, and it, you know, I just love the playfulness it's nice to see prince that way it's nice to see him like that was a part of him that from what i understand reading interviews and accounts of people who've worked with him that that was 
how he was a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He was playful and fun, but it's not something that we got to see as fans a ton. And it was it was nice to see it, especially at this time period in the mid twenty teens. Right. You know, we didn't see as much from him. Not yeah. that he wasn't working, but it was just he was not as top of pop culture. Right. It was kind of a, the the twenty tens were a little bit of a kind of again a reclusive period where he had an album in twenty ten called twenty ten that only came out in Europe as a cover mount. Right. And then there were a few years where it was just. Third Eye TV, which was a YouTube channel where he had streaming songs and a website where we'd have some one-off releases, and then kind of a big comeback in 2014 with a agreement with Warner Brothers and Third Eye Girl and Artificial Age came out, and then here 2015, kind of again another underground release with uh, Hit and Run Phase One, and yeah. then the surprise thing with Judith Hill back in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the so- videos are great. Uh, a great watch. Um, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. It was really good. And that's on YouTube, and I'm sure I'll post a link to that as yep. well. So let's uh, talk about the album a little bit. I thought it had very much a Prince sound to me, like especially having just listened to Hit and Run Phase 1. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of this similar sounds. Not that it was samey. Not that it was like the same, but just the same kind of flavor. Uh-huh. I think uh, with Prince, a lot of times he adopts, uh, you know, approaches to recording or certain sounds and approaches that bleed over into subsequent albums. And some of that is present here, although Judith made a big point of saying this was very much an analog album. And you do have that feeling listening to it that part of Hit and Run Phase 1 can be a little cold and electronic on purpose. And this album is definitely more analog and warm uh, sure. and feeling. It sounds For like sure. it would be a great release on vinyl. Absolutely. Um, which it has not been released on vinyl. But, no, but yeah. it would be very cool if it was. Yeah. had a lot of variety. There was some R&B and some jazz and lots and lots of soul. Yeah, and her voice. I mean, she sounds like a seasoned professional. Like this well, is, she is. She, and I mean, she is, but she's young at this point. At, at this point in her career is still very mm-hmm. young to me. It's, she she sounds like I don't know top of her game is what what well, I would say I, I don't see the how it can get a whole lot better vocally for her so it would surprise me if we don't hear from her again yeah agreed well she's thirty four so even at this time she was in her early thirties right you know she's not it's not like she's a teenager no but she had the chops of like a accomplished Motown artist you agreed. listen to this and you're like who is this how, yeah. how have I not heard this before yeah is kind exactly. of what I thought because I had not heard of her before her involvement with Prince no me either well that was because we not people who watch the voice yeah that's but, that's of our own doing right yeah well yes yeah. <laughs> um, so so like we said all these songs she had recorded and actually some of them had been recorded and released previously on a spike lee yes, soundtrack beautiful life and my people were yes. on the red hook summer soundtrack in 2012 you got it um and then in a period of two to three weeks at paisley park in january february of 2015 they sat down and re-recorded this with some help of a few prince kind of go-to people john blackwell on drums mm-hmm. according to prince vault which he's one of my favorite prince drummers yeah. unfortunately passed away of a brain tumor uh, on july 4th 2017 
Um, so this yes. was the last time that he was involved uh, with a Prince album, but had a, a huge presence with him in the 2000s and was part of his kind of commercial comeback mm-hmm. uh, in he 2004. Was, he was, it was awesome. We saw was, him in concert oh, many times. Several times, yeah. It Incredible was, drummer. He was great. Um, I think also, before we get into tracks on this album, that we both agree that this album really suffers from the lack of a lyric sheet or yes. available lyrics. <laughs> Judith's voice is so great, but she'll sing to a point sometimes where I'm like, what? I want to listen to that again. What is she saying? Because she's singing it so well, and there's not a reference anywhere. Um, there are some sites that have four, five, or six songs off this album with lyrics, but even to me, I read them and I'm like, I know that's wrong. I know uh-huh. that's wrong. So they're not official. Right. It's fan submissions um, that aren't always accurate. So, well, uh, right before we recorded this, we did order the physical CD, which we had not done, did not realize it was available. Yes, you can stream so, the album on every platform that matters. You can also buy the CD, which I didn't even realize was available in a print form, but you can buy it from Judith Hill's website. Uh, and get an autographed copy for 15 bucks. So Sweet. we just discovered that. So I'm like, I don't, we can't review this album and not and order that. one of those. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully there's a lyric sheet in that. And of course, we'll unfortunately, see. since we did that like 20 minutes ago, yeah. Uh, yeah, we uh, don't have that in our hands. But if, if it comes with it, we'll let you know. Yep. It was first released for a short time. Yes. Free on the Live Nation and Judith Hill's website. Yep, on uh, what March twenty third. Yes, March twenty third of twenty fifteen. Yeah, uh-huh. and then it streamed on SoundCloud for a while. Yeah, and then it got a wide release on October twenty third, twenty fifteen. Right, uh, Prince yeah. actually hosted uh, a press event in Paisley Park to preview the album on the twenty second of March. Oh, I didn't and so. that's where he proclaimed that it was the fastest album he had ever recorded. Although. We know that he recorded the instrumental album News in a single day with his band in 2001. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. what he meant here was a full proper album with right. not an instrumental album. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's how it's dated because he really made it available almost immediately after it had been finished recording and, right. and been mixed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. All right. So let's jump into tracks. All right. Do it. As Trains Go By. Man, I love the start of this song. It was a gritty, grainy sounding, sounded like you were listening to a record. Mm -hmm. I was listening to it in the car and our daughter mentioned it. It was just she and I in the car. Uh And she was like, boy, that sounds staticky. And I'm like, yeah, it's on purpose. And Prince, she said in the video for the Back in Time promotion recorded at Paisley Park, Uh she said something to the effect of Prince told me I have an analog voice Uh and I thought this was a really nice way to like honor that with her. It was an analog sound for an analog voice. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really good. It was, I totally agree. I love the start to the album. It has a very social racial justice kind of sound to it from the first word um, which I think is cool to start off you know it was a very meaningful song Mm -hmm. Um, and like you said kind of sung over uh, record record player needle static at the beginning before some really deep cool drums and bass drop in and it's it's a funk song Mm -hmm. it's cool very cool it is a funk song and it sounds it's got such like a great beat and really kind of upbeat but then man these lyrics are heavy they really are like i said i think of it as kind of social justice funk yeah Um, and this is 
one of the songs that you can hear Prince sort of buried in the background vocals with her singing along yes. throughout the entire song, yes. verses and chorus. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which I, well, maybe not so much the chorus, definitely the verses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it, I only really heard him on the verses. Yeah, but and yeah. he kind of comes more to the forefront as the song progresses, too. But like you said, you know, with she starts off with the chorus, like yeah. CeeLo Green in a sea of red light. Lights. I might uh-huh. as well be famous since I ain't going to be white. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh man. Yeah. That's like right there. Every time I hear it, I'm like, check my privilege at the door. For sure. Because for a lot of people... For them to feel as safe as I feel, mm-hmm. even in, a, I feel like our area is pretty cultur- culturally diverse yeah. and pretty accepting that even here, I have to remember that I'm safe because of the color of my skin. Yeah, that's very true. Um, it's an eye-opener, and I think this is a lot of... It's very timely also. I think that's a good part of this, too. With This was 2015. I would say it's more um, appropriate now than Agreed. even when it was released. Agreed. Um, so she touched cer- certainly race as an issue in this song. Also, recurring issues in many of Prince's later work. Gun violence is part of this song. Mm-hmm. How many bodies need to drop and hit the ground before the masses raise their voices and make a sound. Mm-hmm. Again, here we are three years after this album uh, came out, and we're still dealing with the same stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the police brutality. Yeah. How can a chokehold never on TV still be okay with the NYCPD? Yeah. And I thought this was interesting, too. Since 1965, thought we were free. We talk about you. We talk about me. Mm-hmm. And I love that because until all of us are free, none of us are free. Yeah. You know, I feel free, but I'm not really free because there's still people in my community yeah. who are oppressed for very little cause. Yeah, exactly. And well, one cause and one cause only, which is really the root of this song. Yeah. You know, she shouts out Martin Luther King and Malcolm X in this yeah. song, too. Yeah. While Martin sleeps, Brother Malcolm is awake. Yep. So I was trying to like, figure out where that was going, like, because Martin Luther King had a dream. Is that what the reference the, is there? Martin sleeps. Brother Malcolm is awake. Malcolm X was more woke. Yeah. And more, obviously, more about action. And right. And a little bit of violence also, associated with him but um i kind of was trying to figure out what the reference there was between sleep and awake yeah that's that's where my mind yeah i think you're correct i think that that's exactly it yeah so let's move to turn up turn up not turnip (laughs) no it's not a root vegetable (laughs) no it's not um here i thought the album starts off very seriously and funky but uh the beginning of turn up judith reminds us what she's really here for with the opening <laughs> verse, right? To have a good time. Yes. yes. She says, before we go any further, let me make this clear. Came to have a good time. That's the reason we're here. Yeah. And again, this is basically a duet with Prince. Yeah. From start to finish. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, I thought it, holly Straight out of North uh-huh. Uh, that's very uh, much a Prince thing. Yes, like, to rename to, areas. To rename areas, to mm-hmm. like play with words so that you know exactly what he's talking about, but it's 
Yeah. It's not, he's not using the vernacular that we're used to. So, you know, hundacilia to that. Right, exactly. (laughs) These first two songs, I really wish we had, and maybe we will get an album eventually of Prince music in this kind of sound, because I thought, man, I would have loved to have heard a Prince-focused album that sounds like this. Yeah. These first two songs. Yeah, the real Um, funk soul. Yeah, and it was the direction he was headed. Uh, Eventually, we'll get to Hit and Run Phase 2 that came out in 2016 rumor was that he was working on an album called black is the new black um, Mm. and it sort of had the sound to it there were a couple uh, one-off tracks released after hit and run phase two that had a little bit of this sound to them Mm. Um, so maybe that's something that we'll get on the title release in in 2019 here's hoping lots lots of fun in this song this song is purely about just having a good time yeah lots of variety Mm -hmm. i've been funky since i was born funkier funkier than whoever you are (laughs) and i was like is that prince or jude hill and i'm like "Mm, it doesn't matter they're both both. funkier than me (laughs) for sure (laughs) oh thanks and me too i'm not saying me as an us not that you're less funky than me we are equally unfunky um and then our favorite verse right where it's backseat of my lolo low rider Uh bumping up and down to the jam roll the back window down so the street can hear the sound much love to every one of my fans Uh and then we have prince acting like a crazed fan i love Uh, it so much we've got to hear some of that oh yes as a little clip but boy, does he do, do a great impression of someone who was watching TV, saw Judith Hill on The Voice, and happened to see her on the street and just lose his mind. Yeah, just fangirls all over her. Yep, and totally. Yes, I loved it. It was so funny. I didn't think the kids got quite as much a kick out of it as you and I did, but <laughs> I loved it and thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. great from start to finish. Yeah, funny prince. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite prince. Funny, yeah. funny or angry. Funny or angry or dirty. Those yeah. three. That's the trifecta. Yeah. So this one was funny. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Then we have Angel in the Dark. Yeah, this is where I think it's obvious that Joshua Welton has a presence on the album. Okay. If you listen to the drums, and it's kind of got a much more electronic beat than the first two songs. And you know, according to Prince Vault, he was involved with this song. So okay. I thought that this had more electronic sound to it than anything on the album besides the title track okay and according to prince vault uh prince did everything but the drum programming strings and vocals on the song and otherwise it was judith hill singing and writing the song um and joshua welton doing drum programming yeah i thought then the strings are amazing yeah, String Genius is oh. who it's credited to. Oh, really? And it was, it was, they were sort of uncovered. I remember hearing about them for the first time, but you can read a lot about them online. It's sort of a collection of orchestral players that Prince has called on in recent years to contribute to albums oh, and their presences cool. on here. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I thought it was really good. And this song, I really liked it. It sounded really familiar to me. I thought it, I, I can't oh, you asked figure me about out. That. I asked yeah. you about it. You couldn't, I couldn't find anything, mm-hmm. but it seemed like I'd heard it on the radio or in a commercial or on television somewhere. And I don't know where that was. If any of you know where, where I might've heard it, can you, <laughs> Can you tell me where I heard this song? If you've seen where Christie's ears have been over the past three years, please let us know. 
but really another great song about uh, being haunted by the past, I guess, and yeah. finding a way out yeah. through meeting someone who acted as a savior. Right. Mm-hmm. Surely it's about Prince, right? I'm not sure because it was written before they met. So oh, I really? Don't think Do you? So. Oh. I don't think that there's a connection there now. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, okay then. Pa- I was reading a little bit about it. Pandora called it a grooved-based composition, oh, okay. which I was like, that's fair. Yeah, I liked the long soaring chorus. Mm-hmm. There was, yeah. It was just a good song. Yeah, and her vocal delivery again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really guess I could fantastic. say this about every song, so I'll stop saying it. But <laughs> yeah. She crushes it on every one of these songs. Here she really does. There's, there's nothing to dislike about her voice and no. her approach to this entire album. Not a thing. Then we have Beautiful Life. Yeah, so this one is, like you said up front, dates back to 2012 when a re- an original recording of Judith's appeared on uh, Spike Lee's soundtrack for Red Hook Summer in 2012. So this really predates her mm-hmm. involvement with Prince also. So right. this version that's on this album is a re-recording well, with Prince and others. Well, this would have predated even her appearance in The Voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. much older. I mean, three years is not that long, but a lot happened in those three years for <laughs> Judith Hill. Yeah. That's for sure. Yes. Love the piano that starts it oh, off. Oh, it's this so is, pretty. I mean, it's so tinkly and pretty. <laughs> yes. And... Like, I want to describe the song as beautiful, but it's sort of like self-referential when the yeah. title of the song is Beautiful Life. Yeah. But very encouraging, you know, that, you know, you had everything going for you and you fell down and got uh-huh. mud on your face, and um, but you've got to keep trying, that kind of a song. Yeah, and, but Definitely you'll get back uplifting. up and I have faith in you and yeah. I'm going to believe in you and this is a beautiful life even when you're yeah. down, even yeah, when the, you're sad. Right, the failure is part of what makes the beauty. Yeah, is. yeah, because you don't appreciate the high. Yeah. Unless you've had some lows. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a, you know, a perfect tapestry is less beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I thought um, this is Judith's vocal powers on full display on the song. And I thought this would almost be like a title track. This could have been, this album could have been titled Beautiful, beautiful Life, Life. And this could have been and a it title would have, track. And it would have fit for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have Cure. Cure. Not The Cure. No. Just Cure. Just Cure. Man, this song, it's bouncy. The guitar and the piano are very like... Mm-hmm. bouncy and happy and again we have a song where the lyrics belie the sound of the song yes. a little bit true you know contrasting <laughs> e- yes which is fun it is very fun because it almost sounds a little show tunish and i don't mean that in a bad way i could see this mm. being part of a musical truly. yeah yeah uh, especially something like la la land or a, a movie like this i could right. see this song being a part of that when actors break into song Yes. This would work. And I I really struggled when I first heard, you know, I had heard this album many times years ago and then revisited a lot for this podcast. And I was struggling at first to find where does she say cure or does it, does she not say it anywhere in the song? And there's just one, one or two spots where she says the word cure. Right. It's not part of the chorus anywhere. Right. Which I think is kind of neat. It's, yes. you know, you're like poison in my blood. It's like almost like I I hate you, but I have to love you. Right. Kind of song. Yeah. She's reveling in the love that's not good for her. Yeah. He, you know, calls, she he calls him so unclean, but she's loving how it feels. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a sickness or an addiction, and she doesn't want to get over it, but yes. everybody else wants her to, right. which, you know, reading all of these lyrics and listening to the song, you're like, if I were her friend... 
I could totally see. Yeah, girl, like, pull gr- back. Yeah, no, this this guy is bad news. Stop yeah. it, cut it out, don't do it anymore. Yeah, and, and I think that's where she's led to. Yeah, look for a but cure. I but as a person, well, she's not even looking for a cure. Other people are trying to cure her. She doesn't. Yeah. want to be cured. That's true. She and, says they're trying to find a cure for me, but right. nothing seems to work. She's not really involved. No, with helping. she's like it's not working because I don't want it to work. Right, and I'm quite happy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. She's going down with the ship. Mm-hmm. Come show me my CAT scan. I'm as sick as a dog can get, but I want to indulge you as long as I can. I ain't dead yet. She's yeah. down with the ship. She yep. does not care. As long as it lasts. She's as long as it right? lasts. Doesn't matter if it hurts because uh-huh. it feels good more. Yeah. Yeah. I thought uh, another really well-written song. I'd be curious, curious uh-huh. to know if there were songs written that she had written that were considered for this album that didn't make the cut because this seems uh-huh. so well, oh my God, I'm going to do it again, curated uh-huh. of an album. It really does. There's, mm-hmm. what, 10 songs, and um, I think they're all just so nice and tightly written, constructed, arranged, performed, and yeah. this is no exception. All right, Love Trip. I tried so hard to find Prince's vocals in this song, especially with the slowed down love trip. trip, trip. Yeah. I took it into audacity, sped it up oh, a little. Oh, did you? It's not him. It's not him, huh? No, okay. but I, I mean, I wanted to hear it, but he's not there. He's, he's not playing there. guitar in the song, okay. according to Prince Vault, which I think is great, but this is a very cool bluesy lounge song. It sounded like a 60s lounge uh-huh. singer to me. Yeah, and where's I was Frank like, Sinatra? Frank Sinatra, it should have been in a James Bond movie. Movie, Yo, this be, would have been be a Bond song. Yes. Like I could see right. this being like even the like the title track, yes. James Bond in Love, love trip. trip. You know, <laughs> I want my love trip shaken. <laughs> and while I thought it was loungy, which uh-huh. I did not like in "Damn You," back when we talked right. about the symbol album, yeah. I thought this was really cool. And maybe I think I realized something. What's the difference? That the category and classification is the one place where I really prefer a female voice okay. is lounge singing. I can see so, that. I can see that. I loved "Damn You." I thought it was awesome. I know the you vocal did. performance of Prince's "Up and Down" all over the place. Very cool. But this is very different. I can see why you prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big compliment. Yeah, so the song is about wanting, to me, more than just a relationship. She wants all that love has to offer, the full love trip from mm-hmm. start to finish. The round world to end. trip. Yeah. This suits her voice. I mean, there's not a song on this album that doesn't suit her voice perfectly. This one, I think, is a great yeah. highlight of because what's it's such a quiet, instrumental song. Uh-huh. Her voice carries the entire thing. Yeah. Everything else is secondary. It was fun. It mm-hmm. made me want to drink a martini and... That's true. Pretend to smoke a cigarette. At the same time? <laughs> yes, because that's what they did in the movies. The pretend, well, they probably that's had right. real cigarettes back, back then. then. Yeah, that <laughs> but real smoking. We're, we're not going to do that, but. Right. All right, and then we have My People. This was the other song that was in 2012's right. Spike Lee movie. Yes. Uh, I thought this was like Judith Hill's version of Michael Jackson's bad. She's the queen oh. of her people. She's a military commander. Yeah. She's got the ability to call on her people when needed. They're bound together. That's why they never break apart. Uh, again, more of a social justice uh, kind of song than, of course, bad was. Right. Um, but she, you know, she's 
asking, pleading for you not to mess around with her or her people, or it's not going yeah. to end well for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's tough, or yeah. at least she wants you to think she is. But I really like that there was a lot of strength in numbers, and yes. she wanted to point that out, that if we're all working together, mm-hmm. we can get a lot more done. Yeah, and I think that um, you know her people just isn't a racial thing. It's no. all people who yes. share the same belief with her. Yes, that yes. yeah, my people, mm-hmm. my people are anybody who are working towards the same ends that I am. Great, I agree. Yeah, great song. Yeah, I thought it was good. A lot of R and B and blues flavor. Mm-hmm. I did find it a little bit repetitive at the end. Okay, but it was still really good. Yeah, I yeah. I enjoyed it. It's one of there's not a song in here that I didn't enjoy. No, that's true. <laughs> um, so again, it's kind of the same group of people. There's some great horns throughout this album. On this song uh, is uh, one that includes some great live um, studio horns also. Yes. All right. Then we have Wild Tonight with a fun 70s feel. Mm-hmm. Kind of, she sings in a falsetto a little bit at the beginning and a funky disco sound. Yeah, we're back to partying on this yeah. That's a, This is... Definitely not a one-note album. No. We go in and out from songs with deep meaning and importance to songs that are just there for you to have fun listening to. Right. And and it's I, I like mix. that. I like that break. I'm going to hit you hard, yeah. and then I'm going to pull back and let you just have fun for a little while, and then we're going to like talk about some deep stuff again, and then we're going to really just continue to have some fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fun to listen to as Prince whispers at the beginning, go wild. You can hear uh-huh. his voice at the very, very beginning to kind of confirm his presence on the album. Mm-hmm. There's a song, I think I mentioned this to you when we were listening separately to this album, that there's a song on Artificial Age called The Gold Standard mm-hmm. that this really remind me of a little bit um, as far as the not so much the message but the instrumentation and the recording process sounds similar mm-hmm. uh, but this again was her song um, but you have Prince singing background and also lead at times throughout the song yeah lots of galactic funk fun which <laughs> harkens back to Prince's album Lotus Flower that had a lot of galactic funk rock references and there's a lot of that going on here too yeah I liked the there was a rhythm bass that was really mm-hmm. really cool uh, there's you mentioned the horns yes. but it sings along with the horns at one point which I was like that's delightful yes Just- that was- That's one of my Uh notes to mention, too, is if you listen to some bootlegs of Prince's rehearsal sessions throughout his history, that's how he would give direction to the horn sections. He would sing them. He would sing the horn parts, and experienced horn players would figure out what he was getting to. Um, And he does that in the song, so it's hard to know if he just was singing along with them, or maybe that was part of his direction to them that got merged together in the mix. But yeah, you can definitely hear him vocalizing, not singing, but just vocalization of the horns with the horns. Right, yeah. Which yeah. is really, really cool to have yeah, it on, was, on record. I, I thought it was neat. And then there was the some space-type lyrics is how mm-hmm. I categorized them uh, with a flute. And I thought it was so mm-hmm. interesting. Um, you have some of those lyrics, right? Yeah, where he, he kind of paraphrases the first verse of the song later Uh in the song. Um, He's kind of singing through a bullhorn or it has the telephone sound effect 
uh-huh. uh, to it where he says everything in the galaxy you go back buck wild every now and then asteroids and gravity out of order just to see what it feels like to be free don't don't you ever want to go wild tonight yeah that's really kind of a fun almost like an ad lib kind mm-hmm. of reprise of the first verse that yeah. he took which is so fun yeah it was a, it was a lot of fun so, so fun. yeah it was fun to go wild tonight with with judith and prince on the game <laughs> always always then we have cry 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 the Very, album's only single the yes the only single and we'll talk about the music video for that in just a couple minutes okay so i'm guessing if you liked love trip that you probably enjoyed cry 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 i did i thought this had a nice amy winehouse kind of vibe to it totally that's it It was very soulful and Mm -hmm. it just it had a similar kind of sound about it yeah even not just sound but also message Mm -hmm. kind of an amy winehouse message also to it to a bit i mean it's about again we're back to encouragement perseverance i need you to cry 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 just a little bit longer your suffering isn't going to last yeah hang with it yeah kind of message. just to like it was kind of like you know the counselors will tell you like feel your feelings <laughs> you know let let the feelings come and acknowledge them and experience them and then let them go yes so that you can move on and do different things right you don't need to continue to dwell on the sadness and, and that was kind of yeah kind of embrace the emotional process right i hadn't thought of it as a counselor song but uh, this is it's, judith hill sitting down with you uh-huh and patting you on the head That's right. and telling you it does suck right no, now, but it won't suck forever. she's patting you on the back. She's not patronizing you by patting you on the head. She's patting you on the back. I don't, and, you can pat someone on the head without patronizing them. <laughs> when was the last time you patted anybody on the head that wasn't patronizing? Ask the dog. Oh, well. <laughs> well. The only thing that I took issue with at all was that she's talking about in the lyrics that it wasn't just a lover that was lost, but a true friend. But mm-hmm. it's like... How true is this friend that's willing to hurt you so intensely? That's why you cry, cry, cry just a little bit longer. Yeah, but while you're crying because they weren't the friend that you thought that they were. Right. Yeah. So, but you're longing for the period of time when you thought they were that friend. Right. And you want that reestablished. True. Which is why you cry, cry, cry. 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 Okay. Fair, fair. Cry, cry, cry. And then you cry, cry again. Uh Uh-huh. And then when you're done crying... You go jam in the basement with your friends. That's exactly. We're jam going down, down, down. Yes. So back to the party uh-huh. um, with Judith Hill is taking us on this roller coaster ride. I would probably say this is, uh, there are many fun songs on this album, but this one gets the fun crown for yeah. me. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Where she starts yeah. off with, um, what is it? Don't need no passport. Or purse, one of the two. I can't. I couldn't figure out if she was saying okay. I don't need a passport or I don't need a purse. Don't need no passport. Don't need no cash. It was just about going down, 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 literally to the uh-huh. basement to jam with the band, have a good time until yep. it's time to get shut down by yep. the authorities. Fun, 70s soulful sound. Uh-huh. Jam until the police come. What a wild party. Exactly. It was just, it was exactly what it said it was, which was a jam. Yeah, and a good. very live feeling to the song again. It almost feels like a one-take, all-live recording. The other thing I loved about listening to this album is, I think the only song that fades out is Cry, Cry, Cry. Every other song has uh-huh. a beginning and a true end yes. where it's got this band feel to it. I don't want it. any of that fading out baloney. I'm not a fan of the fade out, but it and you don't get much of it on this album That's at all. Good. Um, so yeah, Jammin' in the Basement is just a, a return to a light, airy, fun, uh, everyone come together and it's just all about listening to the music and having a good time. 
Yeah. And then we come to the final track on the album, which is the title track, Back Fine. in yes. Time. Finally, there's the title track. Yeah. So when the album was originally released in March of 2015, Back in Time was a track on the album that was A Second of Silence. Oh, really? The song That's it? was not part of the album. Huh. Um, so Prince explained that, um, in his words, that Judith Hill wanted her album to be like Sly and the Family Stone's album, There's a Riot Going On. Uh-huh. Um, on that album, there was a title track, but it was silent and it was zero seconds long. And so for the initial giveaway of this album, that's what the song was. Oh, so that's it cool. wasn't known that there was truly a, a, a song a song until oh. this got released in October of 2015. That's cool. This is the second of the two songs that I think make it really evident that Joshua Welton was part of the album and okay. kind of ties it loosely to Hit and Run Phase 1 and, you know, regarding something other than, than the time period. And according to Prince Vault, that's those are the only people involved on the track are Prince, Judith Hill, and Joshua Weldon. Okay. Again, kind of a very pretty song. Mm-hmm. Kind of a soaring ballad. Soaring ballad. It's a, a beautiful track um, mm-hmm. about going back in time. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, but it's about setting something up, setting up situations so that someone would love her more than somebody else. Yeah, which I was like, she misses the lover, and so she mm-hmm. wants to go back in time. To set up a fated love. Yes. She wanted it to be fated. Yeah, she wanted she's... him to see a picture of her and fall in love with it, and mm-hmm. which I thought put a little too much emphasis on her physical appearance. But Oh, yeah, but it was more of a, you know, now that we've been through this, I want to go back. Now that I've learned from uh-huh. what I should have done differently to have this perfect love, there's also a small amount of cruelty, I thought, of <laughs> yeah. wanting to send the other woman on a trip across the Yellow, Yellow Sea. sea. Uh-huh. Which, we... every time I heard it, all I could think was the Narrow Sea, and she was sending this person oh. from Westeros over <laughs> to, you know, where Daenerys... Yes, her dragon this eggs. is where Prince and Judith Hill and Game of Thrones collide. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very sad, too, at the end where she says she's getting used to the notion of being by herself. Yeah. That, you know, while she wishes all these things could happen, it's not in the cards. And right. so maybe it's time to accept reality. Yeah. Well, the, the only issue that I had with it lyrically, I mean, I thought it was a great song, was if she had magic, she would set him free to love her more. Right. And I'm like, well, if she had magic, why wouldn't she set herself free from loving him and finding a more accepting person or a more a person who actually loves her for who she is if you've got magic and you're going to use it for this right but where's where's the song and the anguish in that scenario i know but it's it's not the other part of this song or the other part of the recording or mixing process of the song that i thought really made a connection for me with how hit and run phase one was handled was the pre-echo to her voice like you would have an echo to what she sang before her voice comes in oh, and uh-huh. sings it. Yeah, um, I don't know how else to describe it besides almost yeah. like a pre, it's a it's a pre echo. Yeah, and that technique was used throughout Hit and Run Phase One, mm-hmm. and hearing it here with what I recognize as Joshua Welton drum programming. 
connects those two albums or this song with that other album yeah. quite a bit. And it too. fits thematically. It does, especially on a song called Back, Back in Time, time. Uh-huh. you're thinking about going backwards right. uh-huh. and so having the echo come first. Yes. It's kind of a new way of yeah. communicating that. I yeah. thought that it really worked here. I'm sad that we're done talking about this CD because I absolutely, I really liked this album when it first was released by Prince and Judith Hill and it was made available for free and then disappeared and everyone was like, what the heck are we ever going to mm-hmm. see a proper release? Yeah. And then for it to be properly released in October of 2015, still available to revisit it. I think I listened to this 20 times, maybe more throughout <laughs> the course of the couple weeks we were preparing for the podcast. And uh, there's not a piece of this that I want to skip. Nope. Uh, I, I love it from start to finish. Yep, agreed. One of the most successful Prince and Associated Artists albums uh, in his career, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And there are some really good ones. Yeah. Uh, especially during uh, the 80s, yeah. mid-80s. There are some great ones that we'll get to eventually on the podcast. But especially late in Prince's career, this is definitely yeah, this cream is, of the crop. Yeah, agreed. And then we have her... Cry, Cry, Cry music video. Because right. that was her one single, so they did make a video. Yes. Um, it was, a lot of it was black and white uh-huh. scenes that we saw in the Back in Time promotional video. Definitely. So yes. it was all filmed in Paisley Park. Yes. Um, yeah, with musicians other mm-hmm. than Prince. He does not appear in the uh, music video anymore. No, not at all. Beautifully but, shot again, though, oh, too. Very yeah. cinematic feeling. Right. Um, really, um, really well done. Right. It was lovely. I thought it had a, an interesting look about it. It was pretty simple. It was Judith Hill and the band and them doing their thing. But she had such a nice, interesting outfit. It was yeah. very 1920s, mm-hmm. but with a Japanese flair it was very right, ornate yeah it was real ornate but real funky and it had it like spoke to that old kind of timey look but mm-hmm. also felt very fresh and new yeah did, i mean a really it good was, job of a visual great. interpretation of the song i think yes. too hearkening back to that era and then with judith's personal touches that mm-hmm. kind of connect her with her ethnic background too yes. the way she described it in the promotional video yeah i thought it was nice um i think it's probably just criminally overlooked i can't i oh. thought this would be such a great album to get a surprise nod by the grammys for uh, engineering production yeah. overall sound songwriting performance it was just uh, you absolutely know, f- overlooked female vocal performance yeah. everything was just really top notch i don't know if you could identify another album from 2015 by a female artist that was better than this I I can't think of of what it would be. No, I can't either. I can't either. And I really liked that she's seated at the piano for the most part. And when she gets up and picks up her microphone to sing, it's a wired microphone. Yeah, yeah. It's very time appropriate. I thought it was... It was neat. It very much spoke to the analog nature of this album that they were trying to achieve, and I think that they were really successful at. Yeah, me too. Me too. Start to finish. Yep. No exceptions. Yep. All right, then we're going to move on to Andy Allo's We Can Love O-U-I. We. We, as in the French word, yes. Mm -hmm. It was an acoustic album available on November 7th, 2015 for 12 hours on Tidal. Right. We got a 30-minute surprise album that, uh, if you were following Prince at the time in 2012, this was not atypical to have... 2015. I'm sorry, in 2015. Um, I was thinking 2012, sorry, because that was when Prince's involvement with Andy Yellow kind of was made... True, truly known when he was working on Superconductor, her album from 2012. Right. If you were following Prince during this time, you knew in 2015, you knew that this was a hit and run kind of period, that this kind of thing could pop up at any time. And if you weren't in the right place at the right time, yeah, this you album. Might miss it. 
even if you were a Prince fan and following him closely, you could have missed it if you had yeah. you know been disconnected for forty eight hours. Like, what I was off the internet for a day and I yeah. missed an entire album. How did yeah. that happen? Yeah, yeah. So it's criminally not available anymore. Like it's you, a like shame. like you said, you can't find it if you go looking, and we can help you find it. So basically, a thirty minute album um, that's all Andy Allo on uh, voice and acoustic guitar. Prince is also featured on acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and it really is ninety nine, ninety eight percent two acoustic guitars and Andy Allo's voice with a couple yep. little synth exceptions. Yeah, throughout, and mostly a cover album too. Yes, lots of um, cover songs and uh, one original song that we'll get to also. Yes. It starts out with Tracy Chapman's Fast Car from her self-titled album. Yes. I thought it was really pretty. The mm-hmm. guitar is so clean and expert. Yes. I mean, you can tell if you know, if you're familiar with Prince's guitar work, yeah, he, you can hear it all over this totally album. Totally you can. You um, can totally tell it's him. Yeah. I would encourage you to go and look up, uh, look on YouTube and watch during the musicology tour, Prince had an acoustic portion of the set that was just him sitting on stage with an acoustic guitar and you could hear and see him playing yeah and then listen to these songs and you can pretty easily pick out what's him and what's not right i thought i on you know went back and i listened to the original fast car by tracy chapman which i hadn't heard in a while and i forgot how much faster paced tracy chapman's original version is this right. is slowed down a little bit yeah um it's a little bit more I would say it's delivered with even a little bit more emotion than Tracy Chapman's version was delivered with. Um, Even Tracy's version is mostly mostly acoustic and drums. Yeah, I thought hers was pretty stripped down, the original, and this This was even more so. Yeah, I think most people are familiar with the song by Tracy Chapman from 1988 that's all about struggles with things that ranging from money to you know poverty education a poor upbringing having to quit school to care for a drunk father um and then dreams of just getting an apartment or you know having a car you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing i thought it was it was really well delivered i also think well i don't think i know because i heard it andy's voice is much higher than tracy yes Chavez. and Tracy's... i thought it was a nice uh, a nice contrast to the original um, you know, as far as starting off an album of covers that's really stripped down, your voice has got to carry it. And I almost think of covers like remixes. There needs to be, you need to add something to the original to mm-hmm. make this worthwhile. Agreed. And this one definitely does. I thought it was really well done. And like you said, the recording is great. Then we have Push and Pull, which is a cover of uh, Nick Acosta's mm-hmm. uh, 2001 Everybody Got Their Something album. Right. Uh, and this is interesting because Nika had appeared with Prince in the early 2000s multiple times and even uh, on the Live at the at the Aladdin DVD um, that was part of the kind of the end of Prince's One Night Alone tour, Nika Costa appears on stage with Prince and they sing the song as a duet. So there's a history of the song and a connection with Prince to some degree. So to hear it recorded here again, I think is really nice. It's mm-hmm. sort of in the same category as Fast Car a little bit um, as yeah. far as like a, not, not so much dealing with money and poverty and trying to escape, but the push and pull of a relationship and, you know, the emotional side to that. Right, right. There were a few pretty minor lyrical differences that I found. Mm -hmm. The original looks to the sky above for a glimpse of what it means. Now or never, never made, made more sense to him. And uh, Andy Allo's cover looks Mm. up to the sky above to tell him what it means. Mm. 
the love of love is never what it seems. Okay. I don't know if that was intentional or just like the ad lib that, you know, happened yeah, in the studio. Yeah, which is fine. Recorder, it was just, great. that was the slight difference that I found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you like the Judith Hill album and you like the sound of Andy Allo, you should definitely check out Nika Costa's Everybody Got There Something. She's got a number of albums out and I think you would enjoy that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we have a cover of Love is a Losing Game by Amy Winehouse from her 2006 album Back to Black. Yeah, so we you know, looked at an entire album in Judith's, Judith Hill's Back in Time that at times sounded like Amy Winehouse. And here we've got a cover of an Amy Winehouse song, probably her most famous song. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that Prince actually performed many times on stage and once with Amy Winehouse oh, cool. uh, in London. And Prince and Andy posted a different cover of the song within about 24 hours of the announcement of Amy's passing mm. uh, when she passed on July 23rd, 2011. Um, this is a re-recording of, of the same of the same song. Mm-hmm. It starts off with kind of a guitar riff that when I first listened to this album, there's a song on Prince's debut album, For You, called Crazy You. Okay. That's, I thought that's what this was. Oh, um, really? I don't think it's intentional. It's just, you know, you only have so much you can do with two acoustic guitars to get, get the sound of a song across. And that's just where my mind went when I first heard that, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of interesting. Yep. Amy Winehouse has a really rich and distinctive sound and... You know, I think that's a challenge to replicate. Not that they were really trying to replicate it, but I think it's hard to compete, especially with this song, mm-hmm. with the original, to do something that's very, adds more that than adds what Amy more. could do. Yeah, yeah. I think it was more as a tribute than you know, yeah. maybe necessarily trying to add anything. I don't think that either. Prince or Andy would say, oh, we were trying to one-up Amy in any way. No. Um, I think it was almost in honor of her. Um, They had performed it together, and so it was in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's neat to to have it in what is now an almost unavailable form. Mm -hmm. Yes, true. (laughs) Amy's version of this song is in present tense, and Andy's is mostly past. Oh, okay. So uh, the original... For you, I was a flame. Mm-hmm. Love is a losing game. And the cover was to them, you were a flame. Love was a losing game. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And she changes some of the eyes to use. So okay. instead of it being a song about the person who's singing it, they're like singing it to or about somebody else. So mm. one I, uh, love is a losing game. One I wish I'd never played. Oh, what a mess we made, which is the original. Okay. And then Andy's version was, love was a losing game, one you wish you'd never played. Oh, what a mess you made. I did not notice those differences. Yeah. So good on you. Yeah. So that was, I mean, I don't know if that it changes the meaning or significance mm-hmm. much, but it was a noted difference. Very good. Yeah. Um, so then we roll into the song False Alarm, which is the only song on the album that is not a cover. You know, all the research that I did pointed to, like, this is unknown where it came from. So it's assumed that this was a collaboration between Andy Allo and Prince. Right. Um, and this whole album, nobody knows for sure exactly when it was recorded. It's assumed right. that it was recorded in 2011, 2012, yeah. when they were recording Superconductor. Right. But nobody knows that for sure. Yeah, a lot of mystery surrounding that. And also, 
I think it's easy to assume that they were recorded at different times because I don't know if you noticed this song was the first on the album that really sounds more hollow than the first three songs and more more echoey, maybe a little more raw that might not even have been recorded in a studio, might have been on the road or somewhere else, just an impromptu kind of thing. It did not have the same acoustics as the first three songs. So that's a little jarring and a little strange. But again, this is almost like an EP kind of thing than than a proper album, I would say. I called that a breathier sound. That's how it sounded to me. Oh, okay. A little breathier. A little breathier. (laughs) I called it just more hollow. Like it sounds a little like our podcast. (laughs) in someone's house somewhere doing this. (laughs) Um, And this starts with a couple seconds of what I would call synthesizers or pads of some kind. That was the first time anything other than a voice or an acoustic guitar can be heard on the album, which was interesting. Right. I guess the song is about lies to a degree, about the threats of someone leaving, but they don't, and all these false promises where she eventually ends up thinking if she stays in the dark alone that she'll be safe from yeah. the fall, like retreating I thought, into her I thought it was cocoon. an interesting kind of uh, progression of a abusive relationship that it was you know it started out as oh it was just a false alarm that he's gonna leave yes and then it was like false alarm leave if you want whatever Uh and then be fine i hope this is just a false alarm because if it's not i might die i mean literally she's worried about being injured or murdered by her lover Mm -hmm. and i thought that was an interesting progression and her voice progresses too like it's a little higher mm-hmm. in the first verse like she's a little younger and a little more innocent and the second verse is a little bit deeper yeah you and hear the maturation yeah process like happening. i don't really care if you leave or not mm-hmm. it's kind of how it sounds and then it gets a little higher again at the end because she's the fear yeah i thought it was it was yeah. interesting that's a, that's a great way to point out the arc of the song from start yeah. to finish then we have a cover of Wild World from Cat Stevens' 1970 album Tea for the Tillerman. Right. Very classic Cat Stevens song. Yeah. It would be hard not to have heard this song at some point. Yeah, I don't know how you could be alive or been born within the last... 30 years and not have run into this song in yeah. one form or another somewhere. It's been covered by many people. Yes. Um, Andy just happens to be one of the most recent ones. I thought this was interesting. It was an interesting difference mm-hmm. between the two songs. I thought Cat Stevens' version had kind of an undertone that was pretty threatening. Yeah. And this one was a little more honestly wishing the be, person be well. Be careful. Yeah, like, be careful. It's a wild world out there. Uh-huh. I wouldn't want you to get hurt. And his was more like a, yeah. be careful. It's a wild world hey. out there. It'd be a shame if you got yeah. hurt. You know, like, a lot he of things go really bad threatening. out there. Yeah, yeah. Which gets repeated a lot in the song. Yeah. This is the first song on the album, too, that was a cover that wasn't by a woman. Um, which I thought okay. was kind of interesting also yeah. to see it, uh, cats. So, so obviously from a different gender, I thought this, you know, if we were going to judge these songs by how much they add or subtract from the original, I thought this was an, a good choice because I think as a female singer, it's kind of neat to have that perspective yes. and a different take on it. Yes. Agreed. Uh-huh. And the staccato guitar yeah. was really nice. Uh-huh. That was, I liked that a lot. I agree. Yep. All right. Then we have uh, the first cover of a Prince song. Right. I Love You and Me, which was the B-side to the Arms of Orion from 1999. 19... 
89. Right. Uh, I still have this on a single in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Yes. <laughs> this is a song that is divisive among Prince fans also, uh, okay. especially if you go back and listen to his original version. It is even more stripped down than what you hear on this album. It's just uh-huh. Prince and a keyboard right? with a really interesting vocalization approach or technique, I guess, from Prince that right. you don't really hear very much. No. Some people think it's incredible and awesome and just so groundbreaking, and other people just think it's a little creepy. Um, I might fall into the creepy camp. I'm in the creepy camp also. (laughs) Uh, It's not one of my favorite Prince B-sides. I think it's better coming from Andy. Well, and the changes they made, too, I think made a big difference because Mm -hmm. there was some pretty explicit... Yes. ...imagery. Even if it wasn't foul language, it was very explicit, like... Come becomes hug. Right. Pumping becomes talking. Yes. And those things really like. And I'm not opposed to dirty prints, but this felt, it felt dirty. Yeah, even the line of, you know, when we're making love, it's like surgery. Yeah. The original version, that's how the song sounded. Like, I'm going to do this, and then next I'm over Uh here. Yeah. It was a little too planned out. Yeah. Like, I want to know where your crib notes are, because it seems like you're following along Uh to some script. Yeah. The way that Andy's... Uh, like you said, the lyric changes, I think, would be the way Prince would sing it, too. If yeah. he was singing it in 2015, Agreed. he would make those changes also. Agreed. Yeah, he wouldn't have wanted to be as explicit as an older person as right. maybe he was. He when would have he left was... more to the imagination. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. So actually, I prefer Andy's cover to Prince's original. I agree. If I I got a choice, I would pick Andy's. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, the minor editing of the more racy lyrics. Yeah. Well, and coming from a woman, too, it felt much less Mm -hmm. squeaky. Yep. Enough said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Then we have Waiting in Vain, which is a cover of the Bob Marley and the Wailers song Uh from 1977's Exodus. Yes. And this is the second song on this album where the sound quality is almost poor, almost bootleg sounding to Mm -hmm. me and not as studio perfect as some of the other uh, other songs. Right. Which I think is interesting. You know, that's kind of this mix of this is probably done across multiple months, weeks, years, whatever it is, and compiled together into this acoustic album. Right. I hadn't listened to Bob Marley's no, version of this either. song in forever. No, me either. I just wanted to be back at the beach when I'm yeah. listening to his version, of course. The whole, that reggae Rastafarian vibe, and yeah, yeah I agree, I wanted to be at the beach. Yeah, it and was... it's hard to get that vibe when you're, when you're just on an acoustic guitar so of course the cover version lacks that but that's what makes it different and Mm -hmm. I think a good thing it it wasn't trying to be Bob Marley again right the only thing that I missed was there was a very nice guitar solo Mm -hmm. in the original version and I hoped we were going to get kind of an acoustic Prince guitar solo in the same vein yeah Yeah, of Bob Marley and it really, I I wished it was there. Okay, that was I was something that was in the original that was so effective and really such a part of that original song. Yeah, that I would have liked to have heard Prince's. 
take on that. Okay. Well, it's almost so. like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Right. A song like that. You know, if you try to attempt it, are you just copying? Is it really right. hard to make your own? Yeah. I almost thought that about Fast Car, too, with Tracy Chapman, that, you know, that's her version is the definitive one. There's no doubt about that. And I almost feel sorry for someone like Tracy Chapman, yeah. where your first you single Andy- ever. No, I mean. Oh. For Tracy Chapman, oh. where your first single is so ubiquitous that how are you ever going to be known for anything other than the first song that you've right. ever done? And here it's getting covered in 2015 with the likes of Bob Marley and uh, yeah. others. You know, Agreed. I understand now. Yes. Then we have We Can Love, which was a cover of Prince's We Can Funk right. from Graffiti Bridge. Yes, with the different spelling and changing funk to love. Mm-hmm. This is, I know you went back and listened to the version from Graffiti Bridge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know. And that was from 1990, um, and it featured George Clinton in the song. Right. Um, prior to that, there's uh, multiple recordings that Prince made in 1986 with The Revolution. Oh. That's part of a suite of songs that goes from the song Girl of My Dreams to Can't Stop to Weak and Funk in one take. Okay. Uh, kind of like I said, a suite of songs. And Weak and Funk is much slower than what you heard oh. Okay. On Graffiti Bridge. And even prior to that, it was recorded uh, before Purple Rain in 1983, not as We Can Funk, but as another four letter word that you can probably uh-huh. guess. Yeah. Um, and that got released on the deluxe edition of Purple Rain in June of 2017. Oh, okay. So that's out there too. And a lot of what the the lyrics and the uh, vocal recordings from We Can Funk on Graffiti Bridge was pulled from the 1983 version, which really, really surprised me to yeah. think of 1990 Prince as, you know, middle of, you know, his almost like on the downhill of his peak of fame. Right. And he's able he's to maybe pull... maybe just crested the hill. Right. And yeah. he's able to pull a track he recorded seven years earlier, and you can't tell that the his vocals weren't recorded anew. Right. Um, so anyway, there's, oh, a little back, cool. there's a little background to that song. It's got a So this is something and, he really revisited quite a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if he felt like he ever got it perfect, you know, to open yeah, it up and bring George right. Clinton in, which had a lot of P-Funk references mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But yeah. To me, and I think a lot of Prince fans would agree, the unreleased version from that 1986 suite is the... The definitive That's version. the definitive version of the really? song, the okay. one that was, that was the most um, successful. So lots of crazy Prince connections in this song, which okay. is pretty cool. Um, so it's neat to have it, you know, he went from very explicit weekend F blank 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 uh-huh. to weekend funk, and now it's weekend love, so it's right. taken an even softer meaning. Yeah. Um, on the Sandy Allo cover. I thought it was just, it was very different just by virtue of being acoustic. Mm-hmm. They left out the chorus entirely, which I'm like, I don't need a chorus about E. So, you oh. know, that's totally fine with me. Right, right. From the Graffiti Bridge ber- version, it's uh-huh. got the George Clinton P-Funk references right. in it. Yeah. And I appreciated that um, she didn't change the gender in this one. Uh-huh. It's interesting. Yeah, that, it is interesting why they would, why some of them would be changed and mm-hmm. some of them wouldn't. And this is one that wasn't. She said, "I'm, I'm scared because the pretty girls like you make boys like me turn to fools." Yes. and that was, you know, verbatim. Yep, very interesting. Yeah, a nice recording though. Yeah, and then we have a cover of Roxy Music's mm-hmm. "More Than This" from their 1982 More album Avalon. This. Yes, I don't know if I had or hadn't heard the song before. I went back to listen to it uh, just to make sure, and um, man, I was struck by how 
The original is very 1980s sounding. Uh-huh. Very. So deep, very, very. Deep into the 1982, 1980s song. So I thought. Yeah. With the this, higher man's voice. Yes. It was simple musically and lyrically. It yeah. was really repetitive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I thought this was a great take and update on the original. Mm-hmm. Again, if we look at original versus this one. I thought that Andy's had a lot more emotion to it just by yeah. virtue of the time period it was recording. You know, the Roxy Music version in 82 belongs there. This one, <laughs> this one belongs here. What more can I say? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I still thought it was a little slow. There were a few slight lyrical changes, nothing big. Mm-hmm. A little boring. A little boring to you? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we have rules, things that we do every episode, the, yeah. the rules. We choose a time capsule, something that really has the feel of the time, in, either in which the album was released or when it was recorded. Right. Um, and in this case, it's 2015 because yeah. both of these albums were released at that time. So it's we're going with a 2015 time capsule here, okay. even though the Andy Allo stuff was probably recorded prior to that. Right. We choose a C, our low point. Then we choose a mountain, which is our high point. So Yeah, kick it off. For me, the time capsule was Cure. Oh, from Judith Hill's album. From Judith Hill's Back in Time album. Okay. Um, And I thought that was kind of a common theme. The wanting something you shouldn't have wanting something that wasn't good for you even though this it was not necessarily something that really sounds like 2015 it doesn't mm-hmm. not sound like 2015 and i think that was kind of a common theme at songs from several years ago to want something that either you can't have or isn't good for you yeah so okay yeah Interesting. I, because these were so recently recorded, it was hard for me to pick out a single song that I would say, well, that's a time capsule because I don't know what people will look back on in 2015 (laughs) and say, oh, that's so indicative of 2015. So with me, um, I went more mechanical on the time capsule. So I'm going to call the time capsule the way that Back in Time was released originally. Oh, that's cool. To release an album through We Transfer. I think (laughs) in a number of years, we're going to have to describe to kids what what the heck that was yeah. and how you got an album through <laughs> in a couple of years yeah we'd have to explain it to our children now so we transfer is a basically like a web ftp site right. where you can go and upload share files with people and download files that people have shared with you and that's how this album got released initially yeah. and prince was always about that looking for new ways to get music out and this we literally gave it away for the first uh six months essentially if you count it as that right um before it got a, a retail release so that to me was the time capsule very cool and then we choose to see our low point yeah for me the C was the most recent thing we've talked about. More than this. Uh, more than this. From the the cover of the Roxy music uh-huh. song by Andy Allo. Not really any shade to Andy Allo at all. It was just, I have never really liked that song. Okay. I, could, I really don't know if I had or had. I must have heard it because oh, I listened sure to the radio in the 80s, but yeah. it didn't... Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't recall it, because it wasn't great. Because it was boring? (laughs) Because I got bored and changed the dial. Remember when we used to have to do that? 
Um, or you just sat there and suffered through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it's going to change. It's not worth leaning forward to change the channel. No. Boy, I feel like I might have copped out on the time capsule and the sea because for me, <laughs> the sea, I went more mechanical again. No, I, I enjoyed the, both of these albums from start to finish, and there were highs and low points to them. I don't want to say that there wasn't, but for me, the sea especially as a fan today, um, is the 12-hour release window oh, for Andy Allo's sure. acoustic That's album. fair. For that to show up and disappear with no notice, I mean, you're basically forcing fans to share music for free. Yeah. Um, which you're, is, you're pushing people to bootleg it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it feels. And I just think... Give I, us the opportunity to give you your money. I know, take my money, please. I think that this is one of those things that surely there can be some agreement to get this on Tidal or back on Apple Music or Spotify or Andy's website, whatever it might be. Somewhere. I would love to know what the reasoning was for it. Was there was it planned to be, these are little demo things, we're going to open them up for a little while and pull them out, and if people share them, then that's great. Maybe that was the thinking and the approach. Yeah, but now, so. three years removed, and knowing that there will never get newly recorded music with Prince input again to see this get a wider release and see if him being featured on acoustic guitar in a background kind of role, I think would be really great to see again. So Agreed. make it happen. Somebody agreed. All right. So the mountain that was really hard to choose because back in time is such a great album. Uh huh. It really is. I really liked as trains go by, uh-huh. but I thought it was a little, the lyrics and the, tone were a little disparate for me and it just made i feel like a little sad and guilty like Uh like, (laughs) bebopping along to this song (laughs) that's really like charged and then i really liked cure but again i had issues with not issues with the lyrics but it seems like a happy sounding song with negative things Uh and the same thing with false alarm the one andy allo original Mm-hmm. on her was again it was it was about a abusive relationship so i didn't feel like even though i liked all of those songs quite a lot uh-huh. i didn't feel like any of them could be my mountain okay turn up was my mountain because right. it was it sounded fun mm-hmm. it was fun it had funny prints yeah it was all good well guess what we agree oh, yeah. that was mine also <laughs> I don't know how you can not like this, that song. Um, it's so fun. There's, um, okay, so my explanation, I think, is while I really enjoy We Can Love, it has the unfortunate distinction of going up against back in time here. Yeah. So, I mean, bracketing kind of sucks if you're We Can Love here because you're, you know, you're like the eight seed going up against a one seed, unfortunately. Right. Well, and, you know, they were made differently in two different ends. Correct. So, it was, it's almost unfair to, like, compare them it's yeah. not a competition we mm. like both andy Aloha and judith hill we do I'm on we have board a lot of respect of for both of these extremely talented women yeah yeah but i mean going up against back in time which as i categorized it earlier is easily one of the best prince protege albums ever yes um i also i nearly picked the title track is great because what i forgot to mention earlier um in back in time there's a extremely awesome prince guitar solo yes. at the end of that song that almost pushed it up to the top um i thought beautiful life was another one that was uh on my top list of considerations Fair. for the mountain 
because uh, it's so wonderful and uplifting and honest, I felt. Um, but yeah, going with Turn Up with uh, not only the overall fun that you have on the song, Prince is present throughout it as a background support act, and uh, his screaming as a rabid fan. I don't know how you can overlook that. No. It's just, it's awesome from start to finish. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Awesome. How fun. Okay. Yeah, thank you to both of these ladies, too, with Judith and Andy's uh, albums. I think her treasures. Yes, agreed. Absolutely. We have to uh, move on. We've got to move on. It's time to move on. Yeah, as, mu- as much as I'm probably going to come back and revisit probably these albums, it cool. is time Which for... Which is great. That's yeah. the whole point of this, yeah, is exactly. you're the one kind of going on the journey a little bit through all these things yeah. that I've listened to on my own throughout right. the years. And uh, so, yeah, if you find stuff that you're going to revisit, then that's, yeah. a, that's a cool podcast. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, so wouldn't you like to know? I what would like to know next? what is next. I want to know what, what thing I get to pick a favorite from. <laughs> well, uh, the reason we picked Hit and Run Phase 1 and these two albums that we just listened to was because they were recorded, released in 2015. And prior to that, our most recent Prince album that we had listened to, the most recent recorded Prince album, was from 2006, yeah. 3121. So Which was so get, good. Yeah, we got to get something more recent here. Um, so then I started thinking, well, you know, the earliest Prince stuff we've listened to is Dirty Mind from 1980. I feel like we need to get right into the middle of the 19 freaking 80s. And we're going <laughs> to right. dive into Around the World in a Day. Yay! It was released just weeks after the Purple Rain Tour ended and recorded before and during the Purple Rain Tour. We've got uh, singles to listen to from that album. We've got 12-inch singles and extended versions. Some some of his best B-sides and videos came out of this album. Oh, um, we also have some associated artists' albums to get into as part of this time period with uh, the self-titled album by The Family mm-hmm. and also Sheila E.'s Romance 1600, which was uh, the first protege album to be released on Paisley Park Records. Excellent. So we're going to get Excellent. into Excellent. So the next album will be Around the World in a Day. Right. Yes. That'll be the focus That'll of the next the, podcast. The we next might podcast, touch on, and then we'll... We might touch on a B-side. We'll look at it and decide, Okay, because uh, it is a relatively succinct album. Nine nine tracks, so we'll okay. decide how we want to divide this okay. up. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. So it'll definitely be that. So if we're going to cover something else, I'll put that out on social media to make sure that you guys can brush up with all exactly what we're talking about so that you know it. Oh, yes. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that it was uh, as fun for you to listen to as it was for us to talk about and prepare for. So have a great one. Thank you. Thanks for being with us.